Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. See, the thing is, we can stay in this vein for a long time. Because it, that right now, we have created a pool. The pool of the, the, the love of God. And if you step in, if you step in, God's love will overshadow. It will go through you. And those things that seems as if they are so hard to get rid of, the love of God will burn it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Those things that seems hard to say, Lord, why is this so hard? The love of God will burn it tonight. If you just believe it and accept it, that Lord God, I am in the pool. that is here that when I step in your love will overflow and overshadow because the love of God is stirring the waters of the spirit the love of God is stirring the waters of the spirit step in, step in Glory to your name, Lord God. Father, I thank you that as you stir your love, the love of your spirit, that each and every person tonight, Father, will be a witness and a recipient of that great love that you are pouring out tonight as a pool that if we step in, your love will consume and would drive out those things that seem so hard. Lord, why is it so hard? But the love of God, it is the love of God. Surabaha shamakata la manondo rokoto shetele beindo rabahat. Shalamakats teke ishto osolom iando rokoto for there is nothing that is too hard for me, saith the Lord. As you step in, I will release those things from you, saith the Lord. Because my love shed abroad in your heart oh thank you lord jesus thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord 
Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. For your grace and your mercy tonight, oh Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. that seem far-fetched every need those financial situations that seem so far-fetched every need and I thank you Lord God that that financial need will be met in the name of Jesus that because we speak it tonight, it will surely come to pass. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you tonight. Give someone a hug and you may be seated. Hallelujah. It's like when you get into that realm, you're between worlds. I always say it, and sometimes you, you, you hear pastors say, should you continue? Should you stop? And there are several times I wanted to, to stop, but it's that, that pool. And, and it's like, And see, the thing is, he doesn't make it easy. <laughs> hey, you know, he always does that to me, too. He, he knows. Once he, once he comes and that, that minstrel starts to play, it pulls on the, the prophetic heartstrings. And, and then the, it just stirs up on the inside of you. And it's like, okay, come on now. I, I, I need to stop. And it's like it just it just rolls, it just rolls, and and that's that's how you just get into the the, the, the pool where, where God is moving. And once you once you start moving, and, and you're just you're just moving right right along with Him, and and then things starts to flow, and you start to speak things like, okay, where did that one come from? Uh, I wasn't thinking about that. That wasn't a part of what I came up here to do, and and, and it's so it's so refreshing. When you're able to move with God and, and move your things that you have been thinking about all day. The, the, the lesson that I've been doing all day and it's like, don't worry about that. Just move with me. And when that happens, that's how the people receive. And that's, that's what church is about. It, I'm, I'm going to get my teaching and it won't be long. <laughs> I'm going to make it short, too, because on the back end, we're going to we're going to be praying. We're going to be praying for um, the gay pride parade that's uh, this weekend, plus the upcoming uh, midterm elections and for for here in Georgia, for the governor and all that and all that stuff. We're going to we just we're going to ramp it up now. And it's it's. It's like when you come a few weeks ago, I was driving to to Riverdale. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, 
why do people go to church? Oh, they, they, they go to church to, to hear the word. And it's like you all say, that's not the reason you go to church. Some people go to church to hear the choir. Some people go to church to meet their friends because that's the only time they see them during the week. But that's not the reason. The, re and the, Lord, the reason you go to church is so that you can come before his presence so that he can then minister to you so that you know what you need to do. So many times we come to church and we hear a word and it means nothing to us. It doesn't minister to us. That's because our frame of mind was not on meeting God. It was meeting other things. It was seeing other people and not come into his presence. When we come into his presence, he meets us. When we come into his presence, he's able to deliver us. And that's the only time that we are delivered truly is when we're in his presence. And when we come in his presence, we come with our hearts open. So that he can feel it. Our friends cannot. When you hear the word, the, the word fills it. But when you hear it from God himself. That trumps everything else. So when we come here, we are coming to get before God so that God can speak to us so that we can go out and be and do what he wants us to be and do. Now, I'm, uh, in, in my scripture tonight, we, we're going to look at Matthew 5, 3 through 16. And what I'm, I'm not going to be for you too long. What I'm going to talk about for, for a few minutes is a, what kind of worldview do we have? We as the body of Christ need to have a biblical worldview. So many people and individuals in the church that calls themselves Christian does not have a biblical worldview. They have a worldview of Let's see what's happening in the world and then we'll draw our opinion. But Matthew 5, 3 through, 13 through 16 says, Jesus is speaking. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop, you cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Now I'm going to talk a little bit for a moment about salt. Now Jesus used this by saying that you, each and every one of you, once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you then now becomes salt. Salt. 
What is the purpose of salt? Salt in the human body, it regulates the amount of water in and around the cells. It carries nutrients in and out of the cells. It helps the brain to function. It helps the nervous system to send electrical impulses. This is all salt now. It's aiding in digestion and metabolism. And it supports the adrenal function. And the adrenal function is these two little things on the kidneys that, that allow the, the, the salt to go in and help your body to, to regulate it. And, and it, it helps also with blood pressure. Now, without salt in your body, you are That's in your physical body. Without salt, you are dead. And Jesus is saying that you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Now, being the salt of the earth means that you are very, very, very crucial to what happens in the earth. But so many... Christians do not realize how crucial they are to what's happening in the earth. When we look around of what's going on, the problem is the salt has lost its flavor. The body of Christ has lost its flavor because it is not being salt in the earth. Now what do I mean? See, there are different types of salt. There are like 10, 12 different salts, but, but com they're com they're commonly five types of salt. You have refined salt, sea salt, kosher salt, pink Himalayan salt, and Celtic salt. Now, when I was looking up the salt, refined salt or table salt that's the salt that we all know. Everyone has tasted it. The problem with table salt or refined salt is that it, it's, 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 it's mined and it's also um, extracted from salt water. But what happens is that salt, the manufacturers puts it through a process that what it, it heats up to over 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit, and what that does, that now changes the molecular structure of the salt. And what that does, it now it pulls out what the natural, the natural, the natural, the natural part of the salt that is supposed to be good for you. And then what they do in their wisdom is then put other things in there. And thus, it becomes refined salt. But the problem with refined salt is that the natural nutrients that is in the salt has been taken out, and now other things have been put in. What, now, when I looked at that, it, it, and I correlated at this moment to the body of Christ, what has happened in the body is that the body of Christ has gone through a process where now the natural things that God has said that's supposed to be in the church is no longer there. That nutrient has been extracted. 
and other things have now been put in its place. And what has happened is what the, the, the nutrient that God has put in this says, in the last day, said God, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters of prophesy, young men shall see vision, old men shall see dreams, and upon your high and amazing servants, I will pour out my spirit. That is what the nutrient of the body of Christ should be. That is what the, the God has said for the church to be. But what is happening, they have said, well, all that went out with the apostles. So it's no longer there. These, the healing is no longer there. And what has happened now, they have then replaced it with, okay, well, well, let's just see if this will work. What they have done, they have replaced it now with, okay, we're going to do social events so we can get people to, to be a part of our church. What they have done, they've said, we're going to do other things so that it be easy on others. However, true salt True salt, when used in the proper manner, Jesus saying you are salt, which means when you are in your right place, doing the right thing, you become the extractor of things that are not supposed to be in the earth. We look around at things and we say, why is that so? What has happened? Why is America gone from being a nation that was more moral and godly and now has become a nation where almost anything goes? What has happened? What has happened is that the church, the ecclesia, the ones that has been called out, has now extracted themselves from being salt. And according to Jesus, we are good for nothing. People now trample on the church and we see that on a daily basis that the church has become insignificant in this nation. In this world, it's become insignificant because we have extracted the nutrient of the word of God and what Jesus has said, who we are and what he has placed in us to be powerful, to be the sons and daughters of the most high God in the earth. He said, ye are gods and we have extracted that from our beings and now we are looking around and saying, what has happened to the church? However, it's kind of hard sometimes to teach from the notes because you just blow it up. <laughs> See, the thing is, in order for you to be salt, I'm coming, Jamal, I'll get to it. Salt in order for the church to be what they need to be, the salt has to be doing something. See, salt When you put salt in, let's say, meat. In, in the Old Testament, what they would do to make something kosher, they would put the salt in the meat, and what the salt does, it extracts the blood. 
because uh, for you to be kosher, you can't eat according to the scriptures. You cannot eat, th eat things with blood. So it extracts the blood. And what it does when it extracts the blood, it then preserves it. The, the salt helps so that when it's extracting it, it's protecting it also so that no bacteria get in. There's bacteria around us. There's corruption around us. But ladies and gentlemen, we at this church, at this church, we are salt. And according to what Jesus says, we are light. We are salt and light. And if we stay in the will and plan and purpose of God, of what he wants us to do, we will begin to see change because we are the change agent. Not politics, not social media, but we, the salt that is in us, that when you realize, sometimes you don't realize who we are on the inside that shines on the outside. The power, the creator of the universe dwells on the inside of me. He dwells on the inside of you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get that through our minds and our hearts that the creator of the universe resides in me. And because he resides in me, he says, you can do all things, not some things, all things. And all means all. Is there anything else after all? No, all is all. But what has happened, the church has, 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 has taken all to mean some things, sometimes, and maybe. No, he says all things. If you walk in the Lord God, you can do whatever he says for you to do. Not what you want to do. See, what has happened is so many times we want to do what we want to do. When it doesn't work, we say, oh, that's why it doesn't work. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. He said, ask if you ask according to his will. Notice, not my will, but his will. Why? Because when you ask according to his will, that's what he wants to be, have done. And if you do what he wants to have done, you can do anything. Yeah. The problem is, we haven't taken the time to see what he wants. What do you want, Lord? What do you want of me? What do you want me to do so that I can show your glory? Because you said, if I be lifted up, I will draw some men, all men. And the way he draws all men is by showing them his power and his grace. You see, to have a biblical worldview, let me get to my definition here because I've gone by so many scriptures. Sorry, Jim Wall. Hmm. In order for us to surely be the salt, we have to have a biblical worldview. A worldview 
that speaks truth. Because the most important thing in the world these days and always has been truth. Thank you. Truth. And how do you define truth? How do you get to truth? You see, in order to get to truth, you have to, it has to be tested and tried. Now, how is it tested and tried? There are certain criteria that you have to look at. You have to look at the origin, its meaning, its morality, and its destiny. Which means that you have to say, okay, where did this truth come from? Does it give life? Does it differentiate? And what happens after death? When you, when you start questioning those things to find out what, what is truth, and you start running it through the, 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 these filters to see, okay, well, let's look at the scripture. Okay, what does the scripture say? J Jesus was in the scripture, was spoken of from the, the beginning all the way through. It's, it's, it's documented all the way through, and you can see, okay, we see that. We see that. And then it was then before, then it happened. And then he speaks of what would come. And we see all that come into pass. Then we realize that's truth. Why? Because there's consistency. There is coherency. It all works out together. It all moves together. Not no other religion, no other claim can make that claim. There are holes in it. But when you put those, the, those things through the filter of finding out what truth is, you will see it comes up with the word of God. Amen. The word of God is truth. And when we look at truth and when we look for God to say, OK, wh what do we need to do? What do we need to do? In John eight thirty one and 32 in the King James Version Jesus, then Jesus said to those Jews who believe on me, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. True freedom comes in knowing the truth. Jesus is saying that if you continue in my word, in, or, in order to, to figure out and to see what truth, he said, continue my word. And the word, their word is logos, which means the written word. So you, you're going through the filter to find the truth through the written word. And as you go through the written word and see how it, it's co coherent and how consistently it's mapped out. And you say, OK, now the, how does that line up with with this area? See, in, 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 in a court of law. They look for certain things to determine the truth. They look for, OK, corroborating evidence. Does, does, does this evidence work together? And when you look at those corroborating, corroborating evidence, is it consistent in timeline? Because you're saying this happened at such and such time and this happened here. And then is it consistent when you start moving around and see different parts of it? Does it work together? And when you see it work together and you come conclusively, yes. That is truth. So Jesus is saying, you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. And, and John also 
8 and 12, Jesus, he said, Jesus spoke to the people one more time and saying, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. Jesus saying, I am the light that leads to life. But at my death, burial and resurrection, you now become the light. In the earth. So then what that means is God through Jesus Christ and his death, burial and resurrection has transferred the light that is in him to you. And that light being transferred to you, you can now say, as Jesus said, once you get into the word, I do nothing of myself. Only that which I see the Father's doing, that means you have, your, have the, your heart's mind open to see what the Father is doing and what he is saying. Now, a worldview is a framework from which we view reality and make sense of life and the world. And basically, in a basic sense, there are two different types of worldview. There's a postmodern worldview. Postmodern worldview said that, uh, there is no such thing as absolute truth. We, know, we hear that now. No such thing as absolute truth. The only, the only person that knows what is right from wrong is you. The world outside themselves is in error. They believe that the, that the capitalistic economic system lacks equal distribution of goods and salary. All that matters is the experience. The ultimate goal in a postmodern era is to be happy. That's all I want, just to be happy. Everything, they just let it work out. But 1 Corinthians 1.20 says... Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? He has made it foolish. He has made it foolish because you think you know what's right, but what you think is right is not truth. And because it's not truth, it will not lead you to anything that is of God. It would lead you through a path of destruction. See, it's, it's like in Judges 21, 25. It says, and in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. You know, the, the, they're saying there's nothing new under the sun. They had it back then. Whatever they think they wanted to do, they did. And that's what's happening today. Because their worldview is, I want to be happy. In order to be happy, I have to do me. I got to do me. Nobody else matters. It's me. And that leads to destruction. And then we have the biblical worldview. 
the biblical worldview, a believer believes his primary, his main reason for existence is to love and serve God. Psalm 119.97 says, oh, how I love your instruction. I think about it all day long. Statistically, they, they say 50% of Americans say they have a biblical worldview. But when they put that to the test, it says only 10% of them do. 10%. And it says 45% of those who attend church regularly read their Bible once a week. No wonder we have a problem with Christians that knows the word and know what the word says about anything. There's another uh, statistic I heard that only 3% of Christians know their Bible. And you see, it's a survey, but survey is is an indicator. That only 3%. I took took one of those um, uh, tests from the the Barner Barner group sent me a test, and I took one of his tests. And it was like, when you finish that, it was like, oh, you are a scholar. (laughs) They were just asking basic questions that if you read just the Bible on a regular basis, you would know. That proves that most people that say they are Christian don't read the Bible. What that also says to us is you are living in a country, the United States, and you don't know the Constitution or what it says. In the same manner that you, you are Christian and you don't know what the Constitution of the Bible says, how you're supposed to live, how you're supposed to dress, walk, talk, and all that stuff. Whereas it's the same with people that live in this country. They have no clue of what the Constitution says. They have taken people's thoughts and ideas, but they have not looked at it themselves. One big thing they say, the separation of church and state. I I ask anybody, show me that in the Constitution. Simple question. Show me it. Show it to me. Most people don't know the first... uh, the first cause in, in the First Amendment of what it says. See, what, 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 they, what they're going by is, is a letter from Thomas Jefferson from the, the Baptist uh, churches in Connecticut where he talks about how the, 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 the Constitution made it clear that there will be a, a separate in terms of the, the Congress is not going to make a religion. The amendment says Congress, Congress, Congress. And most people, most people believe that we have three equal branches of government. Most people believe that. It's not in the Constitution, people. It's not there. We do not have three equal branches. We have three branches, but not three equal branches. If you read the Constitution you will see. Right now, it seems as if they have made the courts the highest. According to the Constitution, it has the smallest power. Smallest power. The, the, the Supreme Court does not make laws. 
most people think that. They do not. It's not in the Constitution. It's not there. Look it up. They don't make law. They, 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 when, when they make their opinions, it say whether or not this opinion is constitutional or not. However, Congress makes the law. Congress is one of the types of the law. And that's why it goes to the House of Representatives and uh, the Senate, and then the, the, the president signs it into law. Okay? Read the Constitution, people. Read it. Okay. All right. Okay. 70% of America call themselves Christian, but only 30% have, 30 have embraced Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How can you call yourself a Christian if you have not embraced Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because the only way to become a Christian is to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. You are just a churchgoer. You are not a Christian. You just go to church and you read your Bible once a week. And then you wonder why there's a problem in your life. Because you have not spent time with the creator to say, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? What do I need to be doing at the moment so that you can show me your power and your glory? Here's the even worse part, according to this survey that I read at the beginning of the year. It says, study shows 25% of evangelical pastors don't believe that sharing their faith is a mandate. Twenty-five percent of evangelical pastors don't believe that sharing their faith is a mandate. I guess they forgot Mark 16, 15, where it says, going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Oops, they forgot. <laughs> My time is running out because we need to pray. Ladies and gentlemen, we are salt and light. Let me give you, has everyone ever heard of the Black Robe Regiment? Really? Come on, people. The Black Robe Regiment. Okay. You have, right? No. Okay, the Black Robe Regiment, that name was given to the pastors during the Revolutionary War. The reason they, they, it was given to them by the British soldiers, the reason it was given to them was because the British soldiers believed that the Revolutionary War could not have been won if it wasn't for the pastors. Those ministers that, if, as a, Let's put it this way. Also, those things that you see in the Declaration of Independence, most of that was sermons from pastors 
years before the Declaration of Independence. Which goes to, to, to show that when the pastors are the ones that were leading and were speaking out against the British and were saying, this is not so. This is not according to what the Bible said. And they became salt because if it wasn't for them, there wouldn't have been a change. The, the British soldier believed if it wasn't for the pastor, there wouldn't have been a revolutionary war. And so we have seen that when individuals in the church take the mandate from the scriptures and become salt and become what God wants you to be and do what wants you to, be, wants you to do, you will affect change. You will affect change. We can affect change. And you see, the thing is, each person, God has given a, a different gifts and purposes for their life because it, it's, see, the thing is, what, what has happened in, in the church is that they don't want to be a part of the system so that they, they say, okay, all we do, we pray and we won't do anything else. But that's not what that is. If you have to be a salt, the salt has to be in the, 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 the meat in order to cure it. Which means you must be a part of the system in order to change it. You cannot change the system if you're not a part of it. So what am I saying? God has spoken to so many people. Okay, you need to go into this area of if, uh, politics. And it's, let's put it this way. Politics is just a word. That means governance. That's all it means. That's all it means. To, to, to govern, to lead. That's all that is. We, 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 have, we, we have let it become part, uh, a, a thing that we can't touch. No. You have all right to touch as salt. You have to affect the change. And see what is happening because we, uh, the, the body of Christ, people that have, been accept, that have accepted Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, is not in those areas. It has become corrupt. And what has happened when it has become corrupt, then, then what's, what starts to happen? Laws begin to change. And it begins to change contrary to the word of God, contrary to our beliefs. And then 50 years down the line, we look up and we're like, oh, the church is locked out of everything because they have placed laws in effect that, allow, that does not allow the church to do anything. But here's the thing. We as the body of Christ in these last days must affect every aspect of the society we live in. Every aspect, which means if, if God is saying to you, you need to go in the area of government because you in the area of government will affect change and policies. That's where you need to be. We have been out of it for so long that everyone that's in there is now cor corrupt and after their own way and not looking towards where, where, where in, in, the, in the Old Testament with, with Moses, where, where God says, you choose these men. You choose them, men that are righteous men that will not take a bribe. That will do things justly. 
And we need to be in those areas. Also, we need to, as a responsibility, we need to start voting. That's how you become salt. You have to start where you are to start affecting change. And, it, it's, it's, it, and the thing, we have so many people say, well, I don't like this person. I like, it's not about what you like. It's about you saying to God, Lord, which I'm not the politician, but I'm not the politician, the person running for office. Which one do you want me to put in office? It's not always going to be the one we like. But but what God, God see, the thing is everyone has a Everyone say they have a right. We have a right to this. We have a right to that. We have a right to that. God does not care anything about your rights. Cares nothing about your right. What God's care what God cares about is his righteousness. That's what he cares about. Your rights means nothing to God because if you're not walking in God's righteousness, your rights means nothing. If you're not doing what God wants you to do, your rights mean nothing. You have no rights. You have nothing. Everything you have, it should be wrapped up in Christ and what he wants you to do. So this church is going to be a church of knowledge and understanding. And no, and you see, I, I, I've also read another, another survey that says about 63% of Christians say that the, the, the church has, means nothing to them when it comes to their, their, their personal life outside of the church. And why is that? That's because from, from the pulpit, uh, the, the pastors are not telling them what needs to be done to be salt. What needs to be done so that you can walk in victory. What needs to be done that you need, this is what you need to do. This is what the word of God says for you to do. Not what you want to do. Whew. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we're at the junction of time where God wants his people to rise up and be counted. The only way we rise up and be counted is if we take the word of God into every area of life, every aspect of life. Because, it's in, because when we put it in every aspect of, of life, then we can say, as the scripture says, righteousness exalts a nation. Yeah. Righteousness. Not your rights. Righteousness. It exalts the nation. It says, but sin is a reproach to any people. Leonard Sweet. In his book, Jesus of Theography, quotes A. Austin Spark that says, Divine fulfillment is only going to be reached by a progressive and ever increasing relationship of Christ and his significance. Which means 
The fulfillment of God's will is when we increasingly want to get into God's word, speak God's word, and do his will. Then we will be what he wants us to be. And I close with this. And what we're going to do after we close, we're going to stand up and for about 10 minutes, we're going to be praying for the gay pride that's coming up and the midterm elections that is on, that is on its way, that God would open our eyes for us to see, that we'd be able to, to, to put those in an office that will affect change for righteousness. So I close with this. It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brushes of fires for freedom in the minds of men. I'll read it again. It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush of fire of freedom in the minds of men. So it doesn't take everyone. What it takes is a few. A few that say, I know what I need to do. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to tirelessly work to do what I need to do to affect the change. And to affect the change, we need to say, God, what is my purpose here? What am I to do to affect this change? Because when I do what you want me to do, my words, my actions will touch and open the minds of others that they're able to see what God wants to be done. And when they see what God wants to be done, then God's righteousness will prevail in every area of our lives. We, ladies and gentlemen, are the salt of the earth that has been given the light of God to shine in every aspect of life so that the glory of God will be seen in us and through us. Let's stand in our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We glorify you tonight, Lord God. Let's just open our mouth and begin to pray in the spirit, because we're praying that, that God will continue to move in our hearts, in our lives, so that we can be the change agent that needs to affect this world. We're praying that God will open the minds of those that are running for, for their uh, elective office so that they can see God. We are praying that the Holy Spirit will open the hearts of men so that they can see God, so they can see the God that's in us. We are praying that God's will will be done in this midterm election. 
We are praying that the word of God will prevail in every aspect of life in this midterm election so that those that God desires to be in office to affect the change of the word of God in this country will be placed in office. We are praying that the blinders will be removed from the eyes of men so they can see God. We are praying that corruption will cease because of the righteousness that we will invoke tonight. We are praying that the word of God will have free course in every aspect of our government's areas. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that we, your people, oh Lord God, that as we pray tonight, that the blinders will be removed from the eyes of men and women, that the blinders will be removed from the eyes of those that are called Christians, that the blinders will be removed, oh Lord God, so that the light of your glorious gospel will shine through so they can see you, oh Lord God. Because it is seen you, O oh Father, that they will be changed. They will not be changed by social things. They will not be changed by things around them. But they will be changed by your spirit. Oh, we thank you tonight, O oh God. We thank you tonight, O oh God, that this church would be a light beacon so that others will see you, O oh Lord God. So that you will be honored in everything that we do. In this area, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God. So, Father, we thank you tonight. So we say, let you, O Lord God, arise and all your enemies be scattered, O Lord God. Father, because we say, these dry bones will live. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. We praise you tonight, oh Lord God. We praise you tonight, oh God, that the dry bones will live, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that we call forth your spirit from the north, from the south, from the east, and to the west, oh God, so that your glory will shine through your body, oh Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to your name, O oh God. Glory be to your name, O oh God. Glory be to your name, O oh God. Father, we bind the works in the hands of the enemy tonight. We bind every operation that he will try to bring confusion. We bind every operation that will try to bring destruction. Father, we release your spirit, O oh Lord God. And Father, we release the angels tonight. That's your word declare the angels that excel in strength, hearkening to the voice of your word. And your word we will speak tonight, O oh Lord God. You are being honored tonight, Father. You are being glorified tonight, Lord God. Oh, how we glorify and bless your name, O oh Lord. Because tonight, oh God, you will continue to teach us to fight and our hands to make war tonight, oh Lord. In the realm of the spirit, 
We break the power of the enemy, oh Lord God. Oh, Oh Lord God, we thank you that we will rise, that we, your people, will rise, oh Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you that Lionheart Church will rise. We will rise, oh go, Lord God, so that your will, plan, and purpose will be done in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. That this church will be the difference. This church will be the difference, oh Lord God. Where your spirit moves. Lord God, where your spirit moves. Where people are delivered, healed, set free, oh Lord God, by your spirit. That we will be that church. That church. That is making a difference in the lives of your people. Father, so we are humble before you. That as we are humble before you, O oh Lord God, you said you will exalt. So we're looking for you to exalt, O oh Lord God. Not we ourselves, but you to exalt us, O oh Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you for each and every person that was here tonight to hear your word, O oh Lord God. We thank you, Father that their eyes have been opened to see you, O oh Lord God. And Lord, as they see you, that you will minister to them, Lord God. That you would lead and you would guide them, for you said the steps of a good man, they are ordered by you, and you delight in their ways. Be a delight in their way, O oh God. Thank you, Father. We honor you tonight, Lord God. And Father, we thank you that each and every person as they leave from this place, we thank you that your angel has gone before them. And every path that they go, Father, will be a path of peace and a path of righteousness. That the enemy will not stumble them, O oh Lord God. And that they will get to their destination safely, O oh Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, for we have sent your angels to go forth on their behalf. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We are we, we are in a at this this moment as a body in a crucial area, in a crucial time where God wants each person to be in the position and the place that he wants them to be in this church. Don't be one that is just lingering. Don't linger. Because God wants to move in, in such a speed. And if you're not in where you're supposed to be, it's almost like if, 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 if any one of you have been on a subway and you're standing up and the door closes and it, and it takes off and you're not holding on to anything, you know what would happen to you? That's what's going on right now. You need to be in the place where God wants you to be in this church because the train is getting ready to roll. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Don't be lukewarm. Be hot or cold. Be in or out. Don't be halfway in. Because if you're halfway in, you're going to get crushed from both sides. By the power of God and the enemy trying to take you out. Be where you need to be. Because the train is getting ready to roll. Amen. Well, thank you all once again for being out. God bless you. Have a great night. And you are dismissed.